So I'd like to um, pull out a few threads, um, kind of reflections on on our experience here, both, um, you know, coming out of listening to, to you and um, also listening to myself. So it'll be a kind of interwoven thing of, of some things that have come up in my experience and then some things that I've, I've heard um, from others in the group. So the first kind of thread that I'd like to kind of put into the space is um, something that people have spoken about in different ways. Um, I would call it kind of a sense of, um, of kind of immersion into being here, kind of being immersed into the experience. Um, you know, someone said yesterday, I think in the sharing about, you know, it feels like I've been here forever. So that kind of sense. <clears throat> or, a, you know, a sense sometimes of um, that time is, is, is quite unusual. You know, like the retreat's going fast. I think probably a lot of people share this. It's going fast. Um, and at the same time, it feels like, you know, so much is happening. We've been here for, for, a, for a long time. Um, or another experience that you know can sometimes arise, just the sense of like that the the rest of the world or the rest of our lives isn't as vibrantly present as it normally is. You know, kind of recedes away, and there's this. Um, and you know, this may or may not be your experience, but that's that's one um, thread. Um, and also for some people in meditation. You know, a sense of a real immersion into the practice, and and for I know this isn't everyone's experience, so don't feel like, oh, I should be having this. Um, but certainly, some for some people, there's there's a sense of um, of the meditations being kind of very kind of what I would call, you know, you sit down and there's presence and there's um, a momentum that we can just tap into, you know. So for some of us, that's also present, and I'm I'm saying both because it's actually the same quality, yeah. That quality of immersion, um, it's called samadhi, um, which is often translated as concentration, but actually means coming together on the particular. Yeah, that's the literal meaning. That's actually what it means. That coming together on the particular. So, if we're practicing coming together on the object of meditation, um, as we're going about our days here, it's the coming together on the being here, or the particular things that we're that we're doing at the time. And I'm mentioning it because um, it can be really helpful to notice when this when this arises, when this is present. Really helpful to notice it, to acknowledge it. Um, and then to take time to kind of get absorbed into that uh, feeling of, of the coming together, to really kind of sit back into that feeling of the coming together um, onto something or with something. So noticing, spending time with it, and, and widening that to notice and to get absorbed or to spend time feeling any, any degree of appreciation or joy or well-being that arises in the days. Any degree, you know, whether it's about sense of trust within our, our, our group here, whether it's to do with, you know, 
just like walking out now, all the smiles and namastes that we're receiving, you know, whatever it is, just really letting it in, you know, just really letting it in, letting ourselves absorb that. And this is really, um, it's not just about feeling good, you know, it feels good, but it, it has a deep effect on us. And it, um, it's a resource, and it kind of, um, our, friend, our friend Rob says, it makes um, insights stick. <laughs> yeah. So that quality of, of well-being or gatheredness, um, it, it really, you know, when insights arise, they tend to stick more or to go deeper or to be more integrated is another way of saying it. And that's why um, it's so important. So it's not just about... Um, the feeling good, but you know, really let yourself enjoy it. <laughs> really let yourself enjoy whatever, whatever it is, even if it's a small degree. And do that, and then also um, explore how that flows through different aspects of the day. So whether there's a sense of that kind of immersion or that coming together in a formal sitting, or whether that comes in the work or whether that comes on your walk back from work or to work or when you're just going for a stroll in the fields, doesn't matter. When it's there, notice it, feel it, then just open up to, to, to explore. How does that flow through the different aspects of the day? Um, and th- this is um, this can be really, really helpful in, in integration and, and kind of deepening insight because we tend to notice some, something when it's on a high um high intensity, but often it actually shows itself in a lower intensity in other situations. Does that make sense to people? To some degree? Yeah. Yeah. So to really know whatever, if there's, if there's any sense, appreciation, joy, well-being, absorption, in anything that you do through the days, can be, it doesn't need to be dramatic. Yeah. So it's difficult when you mention samadhi immediately. You know, we all, including me, maybe not Nathan, um, he's more advanced. Um, but, you know, we immediately kind of get this sense of like, ah, oh, it's that thing, you know, like it's that thing. And it's not that thing. It's, it's really, you know, it's really here. It's really present. Um, and we need to kind of discover it in our experience. You know, it's here. It's just about noticing, noticing. The more intense, we'll notice it more. And then how does it, how does it... Um, permeate, how does it flow into the rest of our day, or where is it present in, in other ways? And it can be something really simple, like sometimes just that sense of being cared for <laughs> that you sometimes get, you know, in the dining room. It doesn't even matter if you like the food or not, but just this sense of that being cared for, which really kind of, ah, that's something you can really rest in. So it can be very, very kind of everyday and mundane and not a big deal. So that's kind of one thread that I wanted, I wanted to pull out and, and kind of put in, in the space here. And the, the other thread that I wanted to pull out may seem like the opposite to this one. Um, and so notice if the mind says, ah, oh, there was that, now there's the opposite, and you know, some people are there with that one, and I'm here with this one, and they're opposites, and that one's good, and this is bad, and you know, whatever comes up in that, in that thing. So it, it may seem like the opposite. It's more helpful just to see it as it's different things the mind does. Yeah, different things the mind does. So, <coughs> um, you know, another thing that may be happening in our experience some of the time is a sense of a lot of stimulation, yeah? So there's maybe a lot of mental activity. 
um, or a lot of emotional activity. And, you know, for some of us, maybe every time we sit down in the hall, um, it's just the mind just goes off here, there, and everywhere, you know. And there's, so it, it can feel like the opposite, but I, I'm going to, I want to go into it a little bit. Um, and, and equally, this can, this can come up um, at other times of the day, you know, where we're just, there's just not much of a degree of mindfulness um, or presence <coughs> in the experience. And, you know, I had example, an example of this at breakfast today, which is um, I, uh, I tend to rather enjoy the breakfasts here. Uh, so most days I have seconds. Sometimes I have thirds. Um, and I kind of always make the excuse of, yeah, you know, I'm going to work and I'll need the energy. You know, I really don't want to get hungry later on, you know, stuff like that. Um, and this morning I was kind of sitting there and I was kind of really enjoying the breakfast. I was saying to me, yeah, but, you know, you don't need to worry about getting hungry today. You're not going to work. You know, this is really enough. You're really not hungry. You're not. It's absolutely fine. Really don't. Don't go for seconds, you know. And five minutes later, lack of mindfulness. There I am with the seconds. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's the mind just, you know, that's, that's lack, of, lack of mindfulness. Yeah. yeah. It happens, you know, it happens to all of us. It happens to all of us. Um, you know, similarly in meditation, maybe there's a lot of activity in the mind, a lot of activity, and we might be thinking, ah, you know, on that retreat or in Somnat or yesterday or three years ago, whenever I really had it, you know, and my mind was quiet and it was, it was that really nice feeling, you know, if I would sit down and I could be with the breath or with the metta or whatever I was doing. And now all the mind does is it goes, you know, it goes, it goes, it goes, it runs, and kind of what's the point, you know? What's, what's even the point of coming into the meditation hall? Because, you know, I sit down and this is what happens. So there's, a, there's layers there, yeah? There's layers. There's the experience and then there's our response to the experience. <coughs> and so... Um, as well as not being mindful at breakfast, I've also really had that, that kind of mind a lot of the time in the meditation since we've, since we've been here. Um, just really the mind going off and thinking, going off and thinking. Um, what, I've, what I've noticed and kind of what I want to kind of bring in as a possibility is that I've been um, pretty relaxed with that going on. Yeah? So there hasn't been that sense of it needs to be different than this. Yeah? It needs to be different than this. And it's, it's, uh, it's very, I want to really take care here because it's not a giving up, yeah? And it's not a disengagement. It's not, okay, I'll just sit here and think away until Nathan rings the bell um, and then I'll walk off, yeah? But it's, okay, this is what's going on. The mind is like this. Every moment, every time I notice, yeah, that I'm away, with, with the thinking, with the stories, with the planning, with whatever it is. Those moments have been really, really precious. Yeah? Because I've been relaxed, yeah? that's, that, at least that's my interpretation, because I've been relaxed within those moments, I notice uh, I'm away and I come back. And that coming back um, can be really grounding. Yeah? So it can be a coming back, feeling into the body, feeling into the intention, coming back to, um, to the practice and having even if just a few seconds or a few moments 
of a real presence, you know, and it's, it's so sweet, yeah? It's so beautiful. It's so nourishing. Then the mind goes off again. That's, that's, that's been my mind. <laughs> that's what it's been doing. It goes off again. But that, that moment, you know, and that happens. I, I haven't counted, yeah? But it happens quite a few times during a 45-minute session. It happens a lot, yeah? It happens a lot. And, and I've been noticing that at the end of a meditation, I've been feeling... Um, usually, most of the time, as rejuvenated and as um, nourished yeah, and energized as I, I have done in, time, in other times when um, the mind has been more gathered. Yeah? So that's why I said it's not the opposite. It's just a different mind state. The relationship can change the experience Change the experience not in the way necessarily that the mind becomes gathered and, and unified, you know, continuously, but that it does it in moments. Yeah. So every moment, every time, I notice, and there's like a ah, back into the body, into the practice. That's a moment of samadhi again, a moment of unification, of harmonization of mind and body, and that rejuvenates. And so those moments, and, and this is so much what the practice is about, you know, so much about what the, this is what the practice is about. It's not, you know, it's not about having a certain type of mind state and prolonging that all the time. It's great when that happens, yeah, great when that happens, but that's not our experience all the time as human beings. So our practice is about including, yeah, the different states of our mind the different ways our mind are, and finding ways, yeah, to be nourished, even then, yeah, also like that, yeah, and those little moments, little moments of, um, of noticing what's going on and coming back, does that make sense to people, yeah, and, um, you know, kind of opens us up to the, to the fact that we've, something that we've all heard many times, you know, every moment is an opportunity, yeah, every moment is an opportunity, it doesn't matter, you know, might be, you know, maybe one day I'll, I'll count, but it might be, you know, 90% of the time in a, in a 45-minute sitting, off with the thinking, yeah? But 10% comes in, drop, 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 changes the experience, changes the experience, changes the impact that it has. A real increase in, in peacefulness and in calm in, in the being. So it's connected to this showing up that we've been speaking about, you know, we've been using that language from the beginning of the work, which is showing up to our experience, how we show up to our experience. Yeah, connected to that. We're just showing up, okay, showing up to the scattered mind, showing up to the aversive mind, showing up to the desirous mind, you know, just showing up to that. And can we find some space and ease and grounding with that mind as it is? Denisa Rubiku, who we've been quoting a lot in the last weeks, he's got this, um, I haven't got the exact quote, but he's got this great um, thing that he says. He says, if you only meditate when you want to meditate or when the mind is, is calm and it's pleasant to meditate, then you'll only know the mind that wants to meditate. You'll only want, know the mind that is calm, Yeah. And that's what we'll be, you know, that's what we'll be cultivating. But practice is about including, yeah, all of our experience, yeah. And that's why we sometimes need, 
to bring the practice in, you know, well, most of the time, in my experience anyway, need to bring it in to the moments and, and the times where it's not necessarily what we want to do most, or it's not necessarily calm and easy, you know. We, we bring that in, and we kind of find ways to include that and embrace that. <coughs> so we're not attached, a big part of it, you know, I said like being relaxed, we're not attached to a particular result. We're not making deals. Yeah, okay, I'll come back to the breath so that my mind quietens down. <laughs> yeah, we're not making those deals, which we, we habitually do. It's very natural for us to do that. But we see that and we drop it. See that and we drop it. So a practice of inclusivity. Yeah. Can I include what is arising in experience internally, the mind states, the emotions, and what is arising externally, whether it's pleasant or unpleasant, yeah, or, or, or neutral, kind of not much happening. Can I include that? And can I make space and give it give it a place? You know, so really that's what practice is asking us to do. So nothing, um, nothing is left outside of, of our practice. You know, nothing is left outside of our practice. And the more we do that, you know, really, um, the, the heart-mind grows, yeah? kind of stretches it, grows it. You know, muscles or the space just grows. I think we mentioned this in the beginning that, um, you know, f- for me, this is very much working with what Baba Amte called the leprosy of the mind, yeah? That's the leprosy of the mind, is that aspect of the mind that says yes to this and no to that, <laughs> yeah? I want this, I don't want that, yeah? This is in, this is out, yeah? That's that, and that's what, that's what we're working with to change. That's what we're, that's what we're, we're aiming to change. Um, and seeing it as an aspect of our humanness is really helpful. You know, it's not that there's something wrong with me for doing that. It's part of my humanness that my mind does that. But just like, you know, it goes, it goes off and I bring it back, that's an aspect of the human mind. <coughs> the mind also rejects itself. <laughs> Or aspects of itself, it rejects others. Yeah, you can see that it's human, it's natural, and we can work with it. And we can work with it. So it's the same, you know, it's the same movement that rejects an aspect of our experience or a part of our mind or flavor of our mind and rejects someone else. Yeah, it's the same movement. Does that make sense to people? Quite important. That aspect that rejects, that says, oh, not this, you know. Don't want scattered mind. You know, don't want restless mind. There's no place for restless mind here. Yeah. Similarly, you know, if someone came into the meditation hall, this actually happened to us once, um, someone comes into the meditation hall and they move place in the hall every five to ten minutes. You know, we'd probably think we don't want that person in the hall. You know, that would be that would just be what the mind does. You know, just be a natural thing that arises, and there's a reason for it. Yeah, but it's the same movement, yeah, same movement.
So I want to go more into that um, that movement of, of rejection, yeah, like the what came up yesterday in the sharing, you know, that um, outcasts, even outcasts have outcasts, yeah, that movement of, of rejection that, that we have in the mind. And what happens to us when we see it in others, yeah, what happens to us when we see it in others, yeah, there's a lot that happens there. You know, we see someone else being rejected, and we see someone rejecting, yeah. And what happens in us? Yeah, we feel the pain, usually, of the person that's being rejected. That pain is um, painful, <laughs> yeah, difficult to, to hold, to be with. And we feel compassion for the person that is being rejected, and or the being that's being rejected, and we want to um, to help them. Yeah, we want to help them. If we're not paying attention to the inner process, what will typically happen to a certain degree is that we will then reject the rejector. Yeah. Yeah. So. This is, this is where like, life gets really interesting, <laughs> really interesting. Like, whatever we're seeing outside, let's not lose contact with what's happening inside. And is there a mirroring? And how do we hold that? What do we do with that? So, <coughs> you know, this is something that you know, came up in the sharing yesterday. Um, probably many of us had already seen aspects of this, encountered aspects of this. comes up you know, every time we're here, you know, it's a real, it's a real thing, yeah, it's a real thing. People um, in the old people's home and also in the hospital um, that are treated differently, yeah, that are treated differently or that are not receiving the care that they need, yeah, or that they, yeah, they deserve to have. You know, that's not, we're not kind of, um, I don't want to kind of, um, kind of whitewash that, yeah, that's not what I'm... I don't want to whitewash that. No, so this is a very... It's a very delicate process. But very interesting. And a big part of what we're doing here, what comes up for us here to, to see. So the, the first thing, I already said it, but I want to highlight it again, how important it is to see these moments as a wake-up call and then to, to broaden and deepen the way we're looking. Yeah. So, you know, something happens. Something, something happens. Sometimes something happens very. Um, it's very extreme, or it's very quick. Yeah. And the 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 response of the heart is there. We feel the other's pain. We feel the compassion that wants to address. And it's a wake-up call because that's the moment to make sure as much as we can and sometimes we miss it in the moment but we can come back to that later that we bring the attention to what's happening inside yeah also and as much as possible hold the two yeah this isn't easy it's not easy and we may need to move a little bit from one to the other sometimes and like I said we can also do it in retrospect using reflection using memory yeah We've got to also see what's happening inside. 
because it's all part of the same movement in the human psyche. So I want to break down the process and hopefully offer some things that can help us in, in, these, in, these, um, in these situations when they, when they come up. So the first one, um, and you might be disappointed to hear because we've mentioned it so many times, is, is there a way of looking that's present? Or what is the way of looking that's present? Because there's always going to be a way of looking that's there and is affecting our experience. So what way of looking is present right now? And we can just drop in the question. Yeah, drop in the question. Could you repeat? I couldn't catch that. Is, the, is there a way of looking? So I'm, something that I'm looking through that's in my mind. Maybe I'm tired and that's affecting my experience. Uh, maybe this triggers uh, um, you know, memories for me and that's affecting my... Maybe you know, the way of looking can be compassion, generosity, care. It's not necessarily negative, but there's always something that's affecting... Um, how, we're, how, we're, how we're seeing experience and we're calling that ways of looking just to, to me. So is there a way of looking or what is the way of looking that's present? And there may be more than one also in, in a moment. Yeah, Maybe more than one. And then once we get a sense of what the way of looking is and sometimes just to say, um, for, for many of us it might not be verbal. Yeah, It might not come up in a... Um, <coughs> like in a in a word, yeah, it's compassion or it's judgment or it's you know might not come up like that. We might just get a, a, a felt sense of it, yeah. There's some denseness, like I said, there's tiredness or there's aversion. We might just feel it in the body, and we don't even need to to give it a name. We just need to feel it to connect to it. Then we can follow it with what is needed in this situation. What is needed in this situation, in this moment? And how can I bring that? How can I bring that in? Yes, this is one way that we can, we can um, attend to that. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, we might be surprised at what comes up. You know, what is needed is, is to lighten up. Yeah. And how can I do that? What is needed is space. You know, and sometimes we might find what is needed is space, and I actually need to get out and go somewhere else and get some space. You know, that might be what is needed, and that might be the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. What is needed is um, to defend someone. I don't have the right word, you know. You know, sometimes I've been in situations, certainly in Palestine, but also here, where I just stand in front of someone. <laughs> You know, stand you know between two people, yeah, as a kind of barrier. You know, maybe that's what's needed, and it's not going to necessarily solve the whole thing, but in that moment, <coughs> so we're looking. You know, we're looking inwardly. We're looking inwardly, and that informs what's going to happen externally. Yeah, the inner and. And then we're doing our best to bring in what is needed, to find what is needed in the situation to bring that. And I would say that if you're, if you're lost, <laughs> you know, compassion in all directions is, is always useful. Yeah? So compassion in all directions, meaning compassion to yourself, compassion to all the, all the people involved, yeah? Like if, if it's a, some kind of conflict between two people to them, but also to the other people around, you know, just as much compassion as you can generate. 
yeah, in a moment. And it can be completely quiet and silent, doesn't have to, to be followed with an action. That can, that's always, um, always helpful. Yeah, always helpful. And really important here to say, I think you're getting that sense, it doesn't mean when we do this, looking inwardly, it doesn't mean that we're condoning um, neglect or, um, <coughs> or some kind of inaction. We're not condoning that. But we're interested in the, in the process and in the deep change, yeah? in, the, in, in changing this, these human tendencies at the root. Yeah? And certainly not feeding them by, by what, what is happening within us. So it's, it's, it's an attitude, we can say, of compassion, but with wisdom. Yeah, and with a long view. Yeah, it's a long view. So we see, we feel the pain. Yeah, we feel the pain. We feel the compassion. We feel the wish to heal. Yeah. And we also hold with that the knowing of the, of the kind of infinite causes and conditions that are coming into a situation. Yeah, so we also hold that. We're just one, one cause, one condition. Within, within something. So we're continuing, um, continuing to show up, yeah? Continue to show up, continue to do the best we can. Like I said, it can include getting out, yeah? Sometimes that is the best thing we can do. Yeah, it can include that. So that was kind of a whole process, and I'm, I'm going to give a, I'm going to go into it a little bit more. Hopefully, it will be more more clear as we kind of play with this a little bit more um, in the talk. So one is going through the way of looking, yeah, way of looking. What is needed? How can I bring that in? Like I was saying, a lot of time it's lightness, so humor. Yeah, sometimes I don't don't think I've done it much this year, but sometimes if there's um, some conflict and some of the women are shouting at somebody, you know. I make a funny face or, you know, I go in there and dance or do something that just kind of diffuses, you know. Sometimes we can do that, just lighten up. And we don't, don't need to understand what it's about. Yeah, don't need to understand what it's about. So another, another um, way, that, another kind of thread to this, which is part of this process, is really helpful, is to ask, how can I learn... And how can I grow in this situation? How can I learn and how can I grow? Because the um, default mechanism for most of us would be to some kind of shut, shutting down. Yeah. Some, some kind of shutting down and disconnection in some way. And that rejection of the rejector is a form of doing that. Yeah. It's a way of shutting down to the pain. Oh, it's their fault. They're the bad. They're the baddie. Yeah. And so then all the pain can leave this and go and kind of be dumped on, on, on somebody, you know, if I'm making a very kind of extreme, crude kind of example. So how can I learn? How can I grow from this? And this can really, this question can really support us to, to, to open, yeah, and to, to feel and to look at what is happening internally. Because these same, kind of sometimes use this image, it's like the walls are building up internally when we reject, yeah. 
So when we understand this process of how the walls are building up in me, we can also understand more fully how they're building up in someone else. Yeah, we can understand that, and that means we can be much more effective in in the way we address that with ourselves and others. So, I want to I want to read a a quote from Upandita. If my kinder will cooperate, yeah, it's a bit long, and he's using quite strong language. So, um, kind of. Yeah, just be aware, he's using quite strong language. And um, he's talking about about developing compassion, um, but it relates to what I was just speaking about. (coughs) So he says, and Upandita is a um, Burmese meditation master, for those who don't know. Um, He says, if you want to develop compassion... And I, I hope I didn't... I may have read this in Somna and I don't remember. If I did, pretend you didn't hear it. I didn't, okay. can't remember. If you want to develop compassion, you have to make the suffering of another your own. Yeah, so I said strong language. Allow your heart to quiver. Allow it to be touched and to open. Yeah. The natural movement... Of, of defending ourselves will be one of turning away. Yeah, that would be the natural movement. Yeah, we encounter pain of some sort. The natural movement will be one of turning away. So he says, before you turn away, yeah, even if, you know, you will eventually turn away, but before you turn away, and this is what I said, you can also do this in retrospect with reflection. Yeah. <coughs> Put yourself in the other person's body, in their mind, and pause. Feel their condition as your own. If fear arises, allow it, but don't believe it. If fear arises, allow it, but don't believe it. If disgust arises, allow it, but don't believe it. Yeah. So allow what comes up to be there, but don't believe it. Yeah. Don't become that fear, don't become that disgust, don't become that rejection. Challenge any thought that tells you that your response, your reaction is wrong or is too much. Yeah. So challenge any thought that comes up and says how you're reacting is wrong. That's self-rejection. Yeah. It's just like we keep we keep seeing that movement. Remain determined in your effort. You must see the situation as opportunity. Yeah, whatever the situation is, remember? How can I grow? How can I learn? Whatever the situation is, it's an opportunity for your own liberation and your own happiness, your own well-being. Yeah, it's a gateway. Then ask yourself, so you've done all this process. can take a long time and, and we can come back to it, you know, can come back to it. Sometimes we can work with the same situation that was powerful or intense. We can just come back to it and with reflection and with memory. Then ask yourself, what can be done to ease this person's pain and their struggle? What can be done to ease this person's pain and their struggle? What act can I do to help? 
It's a whole process. And he says, compassion cannot be considered complete by simply feeling the suffering of another as one's own. That's part of the process. It's not the whole process. Compassion must be accompanied by action. Compassion is a behavior, not just a thought. Yeah? So strong language here, really strong language. Handle with care, but very profound teaching. Yeah, really profound teaching. And I would say that this action of compassion is can take form, and when that's possible, that's great, of acting in, in the situation, in the world. But it can also be internal action. Yeah, we're not just thinking, but the action of opening to the experience, the action of reflecting on, the action of watching the walls build and seeing if we can just stop building them. You know, that's a really, really um, useful, helpful, profound action to take. Yeah, if I'm not building, yeah. And this whole process that he's speaking about, of course, if we're, I'm just going to stay with that example, if we're seeing someone reject someone else in some way, yeah, we can do this process with the person that's being rejected and with the person that's being rejecting. Yeah. We can feel their pain. And in Anandawan is I don't know a better place to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Better place to do it. We can we can open to their pain, their situation, their conditions. Yeah, it's part of the process. And to our own. Yeah, like I say again, our own. So I want to break it down a little bit more into, into our experience here. And uh, I'll use massage because I think this year everyone is doing massage. Yeah, I don't think anybody has not got that in there some, some point in their day. So, you know, I may be, there I am, I might be doing a massage and um, I might be getting a sense, yeah, of something's not, you know, so it's not a big drama going on, but something's just not quite right inside, yeah? Yeah, or it can be something outside, but then I, I turn the attention in. Something's not quite right inside. And noticing what it is, yeah? What is the way of looking that's present? I notice what it is. Is there tiredness, yeah? Maybe there's aversion, you know? Maybe I don't feel like doing massage today. Or maybe I don't want to massage this particular person. You know, for honest, that sometimes happens, yeah? Um, maybe there's just a sense of disconnection, yeah? Maybe I've done too many massages already, <laughs> you know? And there's a sense of just this, like, um, automatic pilot, you know? I'm just on some kind of automatic pilot, just, like, going through the motions. So I notice, I, I turn the attention in, I notice what's going on <coughs> inside. And I see if I can recognize that and allow it, first of all. Okay, whatever is here, yeah, remembering the beginning of the talk, not rejecting, whatever is here, can I allow it? There's a sense of disconnection. Okay, hello, disconnection. You know, there's a sense of aversion. Okay, hello, aversion. You know, there's a sense of boredom. You know, whatever is there, tiredness, whatever is there, can I open to it and allow it? Notice what happens when I do that. Yeah, what, noticing what's going on when I when I actually turn 
to that way of looking that's present and I allow it. Yeah? Just being interested. Sometimes we can see more detail there. Yeah? We can hear more of the voices, you know, it may go with certain voices in the mind of um, you know, I should be feeling joyful, you know, I should be giving my attention more fully, you know, I should you know, not be tired, I slept enough last night, whatever it is, there might be I should or I need or if only, you know, or, you know, that person isn't going, you know, never feels this and if they were in this situation, they would be like, you know, like this, whatever it is, so there's like some kind of inner dialogue. Getting to see, you know, going into the details of what's there and being interested to see how is this affecting experience, you know, because it's, it's colouring, yeah, it's colouring, it's shading. And what would allow more space, yeah, what would allow more space, more light, more lightness right now? So we open up, we drop in these questions. What would, what would allow more sense of connection? First to myself and then through that to another. Yeah, what would what would what would allow that? We drop in the questions. What can be really helpful then is to pause. <laughs> yeah, so we've already already did some kind of internal pause to check in with ourselves, and sometimes we actually need to stop physically. Yeah, to actually stop physically, to to take a moment or a few moments and stop. Yeah, go sit down somewhere or just. Stay there with your hands on, on the body of the other person and breathe. You know, close your eyes. Yeah? Start to play and experiment. What can change what's happening right now? What can bring in space? What can bring in lightness? What can bring in light? Sometimes actually looking at the other person. <laughs> yeah? Just looking at them. Yeah? Looking into their eyes, looking at their face looking at their hands or the body part that you're massaging at that moment. Yeah, sometimes opening even more, taking in the people around. Yeah. So whatever it can, um, whatever we can play with in that moment, so stopping, pausing, feeling, connecting, and playing. Yeah. To see what, not, not fighting, we're not rejecting the experience. It's a really fine line, yeah? It's not wrong that I'm feeling you know, disconnection or aversion. But how can I allow it and play with it at the same time? Yeah, allow it and play with it at the same time. <coughs> now, having a sense of perspective also sometimes helps. You know, some days are like this, some days are like that. Some massages are like some massages are like this, and some are like that. You know, it's just it's not just this. You know, it's not always like this. So remembering, you know, whatever is arising is an opportunity to practice. You know, we're never kind of outside of experience looking in at life or looking out at life, you know, through a window. It never, you know, we're always in it, yeah, we're always in it. And remembering that, we're always in it. So remembering this, you know, we're doing this and there's constantly that dance between the inner and the outer. Yeah, I, could, I, I really hope that's the one thing I really want to get through on this, in this talk. You know, this is what this retreat is about. 
It's an opportunity to, to stand at that place where the two meets, you know, like a confluence of rivers, um, which is life. You know, this is what life is all the time. We're always in relationship. Yeah? We're always in relationship to others. There's a, another um, Burmese master, Tipitakadara Sayado, who, who already passed away um, several decades ago. But um, came across a great quote from him. He said, life is never alone. <laughs> Meaning, you know, we're never alone. You know, life isn't something that happens when we're alone because we're never alone. We're always in relationship. We're always in relationship. Yeah? So, you know, what happens when we really start to have this as a practice? You know, life is never alone. Never alone. It's never just what's going on in here. But what's going on in here is impacting what's going on between us. What's happening with someone else is impacting my inner experience. Can I really open to that? It's so profound, yeah, and so rich. Never alone, yeah. Never alone. <coughs> and it's kind of, when I was reflecting on the sense I get, it's like we, what this allows is it allows us to kind of really kind of extend ourselves into the circumstances that are unfolding, yeah? Not just, not hold back, not kind of have that illusion of I'm standing at the window looking in at life, yeah, or looking out at life. But actually, I am in life, so can I allow that, yeah? And can I extend myself, can I let myself feel that and be that extension? Whatever the circumstances are, it goes back to... um, the example I was giving in the meditation practice, yeah, extending into the scattered mind, yeah, into that, not put, not pulling away from it, not pushing it away, allowing it. That's what that's what's here. Yeah, what happens to us when we allow ourselves to include that unfolding of life? space of, um, Alan Clements calls it, the space of shared being. Yeah, it's a space of shared being. And we're never alone. Again, that never alone. That's, that's an illusion. <coughs> you know, we reflect on it. You see, we cannot, um, cannot live, we cannot find freedom, we cannot find happiness without others. Yeah. It's impossible. There's a beautiful, um, a beautiful word and, and concept in South Africa, which many of you have heard about. I mean, unfortunately, now it's well, unfortunately it's also the name of a software thing. So, is it software? What is it? Operating. Operating system. So, a lot of people know it as that, but it's actually a, um, a South African um, word and term, which is Ubuntu, and um, it means humanity. Yeah, it means humanity. But the literal meaning, yeah, the literal meaning, what it actually kind of is, is um, a person becomes a person through other persons or beings. Yeah? A person becomes a person, or sometimes it's trying, a, a human being becomes a human being through other beings. And so this is that, you know, that extension into that 
life is never alone. You know, this is what it means. We cannot be without others. And yet, most of our life, we forget that. Yeah, and we kind of shrink in. Shrink into to some, some contraction. <coughs> so, Ubuntu reminds us, you know, this looking inwardly and outwardly at the same time. And again, this is a real opportunity to do it here. Something out there happens, there's a reaction, look in, yeah? Look in, it's a reminder, look in. Something is going on inwardly, feel that, attend to that, but look out, you know, open up. What does that mean about humanity? What does that mean about circumstances? What would help? to attend to it. So the meeting with another, you know, opens me to myself. And the opening to myself opens me to meet the other. You know, they're constantly in this flow. So, it was intended to be a short talk, but I've been constantly failing on that one recently. I just want to finish with, uh, you got energy for a poem, it's not short. Say no if you haven't. Go for it. Okay. So this is a poem that um, someone who was on this retreat in 2010 wrote um, after the retreat, the end of the retreat. And uh, I feel like it, it's about massage, so it relates to all of us. And uh, I feel it really kind of touches on, on what I was trying to say. So it's just called Poem from Anandoan. That's the name. And I'll put it up... Um, and that inspiring quotes bit afterwards. Can you run your thumbs along the coldness in my heart? Give pressure on frozen flesh. Oil slowly easing the tightness, the discomfort, the pain. Receiving the massage and the message that you are good enough, that I am good enough. Noticing the tenderness, the soreness. Skating tightly across the missing parts without making an impression. Who am I? And who are you with your scars and lines? Is this a connection through the giving and taking of warmth? Moving across textures of skin Fragile silky tissue, dry and cracked like mud, open and smooth like a buffalo, the smell of spicy oil. This is a meeting of needs. Our hopes rub thinly along our bones, an unexpected ending and a holding on to what is gone forever. The hands meet on the heart and the eyes smile in a way that opens the doors of the temple of love. Namaste. Another moment has passed. Light follows dark and dark follows light. Did you see me trying to be something? Or has the white tissue drawn a curtain across your eyes? Wait. I can reach out and close the gap between us. Without words, I tried to find the door you opened for me. 
strapping, stepping across the threshold from cold and tight to soft and warm. We lead each other somewhere new. So let's just have a, a moment together, a moment of silence. So may we continue to extend into the circumstances that arise internally and externally. And may we continue to lead each other across the threshold somewhere new. Thank you for your listening. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.